Welcome to Sewer Mutant, the podcast that takes you way underground. The rest of our tagline is about excavating comics you won't find anywhere else. But there actually is one other place where you can find a lot of the same comics I cover. A zine called Strangers, a celebration of the forgotten and overlooked, which could also serve as the tagline for Sewer Mutant. Strangers has featured interviews with the likes of Richard Corbin, Ken Landgraf, Jeff Darrow, and the creator of Damlog, whose name I'm not sure how to pronounce, but I'm particularly jealous of that one. Uh, along with reviews of dollar bin uh, scores and uh, other old and new comics and uh, much more. Uh, More recently, Strangers editor and publisher Eddie Raymond has expanded into running a uh, distro or distro uh, and publishing comics. Uh, And he just happens to be my guest this month. But first, I'd like to thank Crudler for letting me use his music in the show. Uh, Check out the show notes for a link to his band camp. Uh, So welcome to the show, Eddie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on. Um, I feel like you've been kind of popping up a lot more in my my purview lately, so it's cool. Oh, cool. cool yeah. Joining, yeah. Well, I'm glad you took the the time to talk. Um, so I, I like to start by asking people how they got into comics. Um, do you remember like the first comics that you read? Yeah, I've actually. Um, it's always a really easy answer for me because I've not been into comics that long. Um, my my day job is actually in like large scale comic cons and like events um and i joined right after school and i had always been kind of involved with like punk rock and and booking concerts so when i joined this events company they were like yeah you're doing comic cons and i was like okay and then you know after a couple months working there i was like i should probably you know comic cons are not as much about comics anymore as we'd all like them to be but you know i still wanted to make kind of a a noted effort to learn about that world and, and, you know, get involved with it. So I remember we were on a trip to Chicago and we stopped in graham crackers and I asked a couple of my coworkers, I was like, well, where do I start? You know, here's what I like. I was really into like X-Files at the time. And they, uh, one of my coworkers was like, Hey, like, you know, here's a book that would probably be like it. And it was, uh, it was letter 44 by Charles soul. And I can't remember the other, uh, the other, the artist on it, but you know, I, got really into it and just kind of, you know, spiraled from there into, into a handful of different things. And, and yeah, you know, four, five, six years later, I can't remember how long it's been, but, uh, <laughs> this is what I'm doing now. There's two full bookshelves behind me and, you know, I run, run a publishing and small press thing and a uh, fanzine. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting is, you know, I was going to ask you as well, uh, about how you got interested in a lot of the older stuff that you're, you're uh, a fan of her that you cover since, uh, I mean, you're, you're a relatively uh, young guy, at least compared to, to me. And um, uh, so you didn't like necessarily grow up with these eighties and nineties comics. Um, And then to find out that you're, you know, you've only gotten into comics in the last few years, these, you know, weren't necessarily the things that uh, are going to be on the shelf when you visit a comic shop. Uh, So yeah. What made you kind of start seeking out these like, you know, weird dollar bin scores or, or things like Corbin or uh, Jeff Darrow. So Darrow was a little bit, you know, that was a little bit more accessible because he's, he's more current than a lot of these other guys. Yeah. And, and um, he actually, he came to a handful of our shows that we, we had and, you know, my coworkers that were, are into comics, they're like, Oh yeah, like this guy's great. Like, you know, check out hard boiled, check out, you know, Shaolin cowboy. Um, and I actually the, like I got to, I met him a couple of times outside of interviewing. I've met him at work and uh, I have this funny story about how he was like 
got bored and was drawing on his uh, artist alley table and I was able to now take it home. So I have this eight foot uh, Jeff Darrow like sketch on a, on a huge table that's like sitting in my bedroom. That's um, amazing. <laughs> but the rest of these guys, I, I kind of alluded to the same way that you get into punk where like, you know, and just music in general, where like I couldn't ever really stop myself once I started getting into something. It was always like, all right, well, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And kind of just spiraling deeper into into the culture. And eventually that leads you to Corbin and that leads you to, you know, some of these other folks that we've interviewed. And um, it was just, it just all seemed more interesting than kind of what was, what was at the shops and what was on the shelves. Um, you know, I, I feel like I quickly found myself at places like uh, Coke's warehouse, kind of getting my hands dirty and digging in very disgusting dollar bins for whatever I could find. Cool, cool. And so then what made you decide to start a zine? Uh... Um, the zines, I'd always wanted to do one. So, you know, coming from the punk and metal scene, like fanzines have always been around. Like that was, you know, that's always been a thing in my life. And I had I had never really kind of alluded it to, to comics. I just always was like, oh, that's the thing that, you know, my friends do and they interview bands. And, you know, I never had any like graphic design skills per se to, to put it together. But then, um, you know, as I started in my, in my job, I, I learned InDesign and, you know, then I think as I was starting to get a little bit more into small press and, and more indie comics was around the time that bubbles came out. And, uh, I I'd seen bubbles at a show and, and it was actually like my first like indie convention it was comic arts, Brooklyn. And I went and picked up a couple issues of bubbles and, uh, it just kind of all clicked with me. I was like, Oh, like I can, you know, I can do this as well. And, and I pretty much left cab that day. And I told my roommates, I was like, I think I'm going to do this as well. And I, I emailed, uh, I emailed a couple folks and, you know, they were like, yeah, I'd love to be interviewed. And that's really how the first issue started. Like I was just saw that this is what I could do. And I knew I had the skill, like you know, I had the ability to make a zine and just kind of went with it. So if somebody wanted to, to check out Strangers and just pick up like one issue to, to find out what you're about, um, what issue would you recommend picking up? I So I tabled at my first show um, in Philly and, and I've got asked that question a couple of times while I was there. Like, oh, what's the one you want to pick up? And I, I, I kind of have it down to two things. I was like, what do you care more about the interviews or the comics within it? Um, I think overall best well-rounded issue is probably issue four um i'm gonna forget who was in it now but i know like jake michelle's got a comic in there um it's got like interviews with with the the humans creators and matt lesnowinski and you know it was kind of the first time i started shifting towards like more more modern creators and then i think if you like interviews i'm still really proud of the jeff darrow interview i think that was like he was just so forthcoming with his answers. And, um, I had, I had been such a fan for, for a while that like, I, I feel like it comes off and I just kind of knew naturally what to ask him. Cause it was just stuff I've been wondering for years and it wasn't like, it didn't really take a lot of research. Cause I just was knew it all from kind of just my own fandom. Um, so I still think that's the one that's worth checking out if you're, if you're into the interviews. Cool. Cool. And, um, so it doesn't look like any of your stuff, like whether it's the zine or the uh, the stuff you publish, is is available digitally. I maybe or maybe I just missed it. So, but do you have plans to do PDF versions or to put any of the articles and interviews and stuff on the web 
or do you want to keep things print only? I've I've gotten that a few times. Um, we just did the Kickstarter for for Dynamite Divas One Eyed Wild Ride, and that was the first time that we ever or I ever offered a um, like a digital version of any of the books that have published or the zines in general. I have everything on a Google Drive. Um, I, you know, I, I give it out. Like if there's folks that are like, hey, like, you know, I'm in Europe and I just want to read the issue and, you know, I can't afford $15 shipping. I, I don't mind handing it over to them. Um, I have digital copies of, of all the books I publish for, for retailers to check out as well. I, I don't really... I, I I read a lot of comics digitally, so I'm kind of a hypocrite for saying this, but I, I do think that there's, you know, comics should be read physically if whenever possible, especially small press. You know, it's not it's not just comics at that point. It's also, you know, it's you're getting it's ephemera. I guess it's, you know, it's a physical it's a physical thing more so than just like your monthly floppy or or what have you. It's, you know, I think small press comics in general are a little bit more special and, and deserve to be read physically um, whenever possible. I don't ever want to limit my artists from from exposure, and and you know if there's a couple dollars to be made off a digital copy, and you know it seems like a viable source of extra money for them, I would never steer away from it. But um, for the most part, I think people are are pretty keen on buying it physically, and I've made it relatively accessible for for folks that um, you know I think if it was financially prohibitive. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, what about like the interviews? Cause I mean, uh, the damn log interview, I mean, that's like the only English language interview with that guy or, uh, the Corbin interview is possibly his last interview. Um, so, you know, there's, was, there's some real yeah. like cultural value to some of those, some of that stuff that's, that's only available now in like in print. Um, so I don't know if that's, does that, do you think about it that way or is it? I've never, I really haven't actually, I, I've a couple of people have mentioned so yes uh it was Corbin's last interview and and obviously I didn't know that at the time um because I only done I did the email over interview or sorry I'm sorry I did the interview over email um so I never I didn't get to speak to him in person unfortunately but um I imagine when I was interviewing he was probably relatively sick I think that's why a lot of the answers are short um on his side but I, I think if that's in that case, I wouldn't mind putting them up digitally. Um, I th- I had plans to. I think I had I had noted that I would put put the Corbin interview up on him when I had my website. Um, I'm actually currently like even before this, I was writing an article for it. I'm currently like flipping over um, everything over to a new website, and like that'll be kind of a source for for the store. It'll have you know previews of the books and kind of uh, it also has like an, a blog section so i will be putting more articles up digitally that you know whether they'll be shared between the zine or or just digitally exclusive or whatnot um i now have that avenue so that's something i can definitely look into and explore i think what you said about you know there being some cultural significance that's kind of a, a little bit more important to me in terms of getting that stuff out there especially for corbin's interview and then uh I'd have to ask the the guy that um, I always I'm, I feel so bad. It's either John or James, they're they're brothers, um, but I'd have to I'd have to check with them to see if they'd want that interview listed digitally. Um, but yeah, that's it was pretty wild that that happened. He kind of came to me. He's like, "Yeah, I've been talking to him, and you know, it took me forever to find him, but 
I, to my knowledge, he's the only person that has that relationship. No one else has really come in contact with him. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. I was like I said at the in the intro, I was, was uh, a little jealous of uh, of you landing that interview or, or yeah. of, uh, the the person who wrote it landing it. It was, yeah. was a really good get. Um, so on the 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 distro and publishing side, like how did you decide to start doing that? Like expanding from from just the zine into this larger enterprise. Um, and I guess first, maybe we should step back and um, explain you know, what a, a distro is. I feel like I know, but I'm not quite sure. And I, I hear a lot of listeners are probably also unclear. Sure. So the distro came first. Um, well, the zine came first and then the distro. And a distro in general, it's, you know, I think Domino is kind of Domino Domino Books is the best example of what a distro could be because you know he's at he's at shows he's got a digital he's got an e-commerce store he's kind of everywhere which is like that's you know that's what a distro really is is you know it's a place where you can go and it's a curated list of and it's a curated selection of comics that you can pick through at shows or pick through online um, I have only ever done one show so and I didn't bring my distro with me mostly because I think a lot of it sells out rather quickly um, so I don't generally have a lot of backstock. But the distro for me was, it originally started because I found myself buying books from from folks in the UK and folks in Europe. And every time you buy those books, it's, you know, seven, nine, $10 in, pub, in, in shipping fees. Um, and I kind of started to realize, I was like, there, people are not gonna do that every time they want that book and you know i had some friends over in the uk um adam phelp and tony esmond they do atomic hercules and and i just asked them i was like hey like if you bulk ship me like i think at the time it was like 15 copies of the book i was like if you sent me like 10 copies of it like you know would it be cheaper for you like you know you only pay like three dollars like i only pay people only pay three dollars in shipping to to get a book in the u.s like you know, would it be easier to, for you to send them to me in bulk and I, I sell them for you? And, you know, we did the math and it turned out it was and they sold out within the day. I think like, you know, it's when that was kind of the first note, I was like, oh, people are interested in this. People want to buy, you know, they want to buy comics and they, they trust my taste and they, you know, I've, I write about them in the zine. So I think they're interested in checking them out. And then a couple months later, I, I picked up like six or seven titles and, those all sold out within the day as well. And it just kind of spiraled from there where I was doing these, uh, you know, monthly drops as they've kind of been known to be now. And, and uh, everything just kind of happened from there. I, I pick, I pick the books all myself and, you know, a lot of the time it ends up being people that I down the road publish, but um, it's just books I thought were cool and, and books I, I think people should know about. And usually I write about them in the zine and, and then I publish them or sorry, then I, then I sell them and yeah, the publishing kind of just became extend an extension of that. Um, in general, you know, on the second issue, I started doing comics um, and I kind of just didn't want to limit myself. I was like, well, why am I going to do these three, four page stories when, you know, I've got the means now to, to do a full length book with these, some of these creators that I really admired. So I, um, you know, I, I talked with Jasper and I talked with, uh, with Jared and I was like, Hey, like, you know, I really like your, your work. Like, well, Jasper came to me. He was like, Hey, I want to do something magazine size. Like, you know, you do your stuff magazine size. Can I, can you publish me? And, um, with Jared, I kind of just 
made a joke on one of his uh instagram posts i was like you know i really like your stuff like you should let me publish it and um more or less called my bluff and he's like hey like do you want to publish publish this book sober and after that like i think by the end of by the end of my first year those were the first two books and uh we're coming up on the the one year anniversary of publishing for myself now and uh it's been i think 15 books we published in 2021 and i think now that's almost more what i'm known for than the, the zine at this point and uh you know i i've i've recently had to to quote unquote rebrand um to kind of not just be strangers fanzine it just has to be strangers fanzine and publishing um because i think you know that's that's become the bigger thing for me and it's also I've, i found that i i enjoy it a lot a little more than than doing the zine which uh you know i hope some people don't get upset about that well i mean it's yeah different things uh for sure yeah i hadn't realized that you had published so many uh me titles i was thinking it was like three or four, not 15. So I guess I got to double down on that. Uh, some, some had small print runs, um, especially, especially in the beginning. Um, there was some books, you know, I think we were only doing like a few hundred book copies and, and for a while that was what they, some of those creators wanted. They, you know, they just wanted some limited things and they wanted to get some hype. Um, plus like with Dynamite Diva, like, you know, he had Jasper had plans to do that collection. So he didn't want to have, all of that material like totally out there for a long time. Um, and then others have just been kind of a fight to keep in stock. So some are like, you know, there's some that like were, are very inaccessible and then others. Um, it's now become a, an effort or not an effort, but like it's become intentional that I want to make sure that they're very much more out there. Um, and, you know, that's been kind of the the next step is, is just larger print runs and et cetera. Yeah. Do you do your own printing or do you, outsource okay i go to this place in uh i think they're in california they're called ra comics um and then for for the dynamite diva collection i've been working with a printer up in canada called marquee um who's they do like offset printing so that's you know after a certain point like you can't do digital printing anymore so for for the diva print run it's just too large to to do digital anymore Mm -hmm. well yeah that's a good problem to have i guess um yeah. Uh, so what are the your plans for the future? I mean, more books, uh, larger print runs, or are there new yeah, avenues so that you want to explore besides publishing and uh, sales? Or? I want to keep the publishing growing. Um, I want a couple things. I hope that I can do four issues of the fanzine next year. I only did two this year. And a lot of that was like my day job just kind of ended up being really, really busy this year. Um, you know, last year we didn't have events. So this year we did, and they kind of all got concentrated into the last back half of, uh, 21. So I was, you know, not able to do, do as many issues of the zine as I wanted to. Um, I hope that I can get back to a quarterly issue in, in 22. I'm bringing on, um, one of my, one of my contributors, Ian Thomas, uh, I've been talking with him about coming on and helping me kind of as an associate editor or, you know, some sort of similar title to help me kind of put together the issues of the zine. Um, And that'll kind of allow me to focus on, on doing the publishing. Um, The distro I think is just always going to be there. I think there's always going to be books that I find interesting and want to support and and kind of get into the store and get more people's attention to. as I mentioned before, publishing is is the most important thing for me right now, and I think kind of the avenue I'm most excited about. 
Um, I have about 20 to 25 books planned for next year. Um, you know, starting off in, in January, there's going to be four books plus the, the Dynamite Diva collection will be finally like printed and, and in my hands and I can start getting that to the, the general public and not just Kickstarters. Um, and yeah, I've, I've recently, I reached out to, uh, it's like a true distribution service, um, you know, knock on wood that they're interested in, in getting involved with me so I can have kind of not just fulfilling with retailers that reach out to me, but then also making it more accessible that like any retailer can go on and, you know, I'm not going to say which one it is yet. God, I want to jinx myself, but you know, they can go on and order directly through this distributor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that should hopefully take strangers to, uh, at least the publishing side to a, to a larger scale and yeah, just make, make the book more, make the books more accessible to, um, to everybody. And, you know, there's a lot of creators that we're returning to working with again and a lot more new ones as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, what about, are you working on any of your own material, like making your own comic at all, or is that something you're interested in doing? I have zero, and I mean zero artistic abilities. Um, so I am also, I feel like sometimes I, I know when a, when a story is good. And I, I think that's like my, my best skill is like, I can be like, yeah, that's a great pitch. Like, let's do it. And you know, you have great art style, like, you know, let's do a book together. But I, I don't know how people come up with like interesting story ideas. I really have, like, I don't want to say creatively bankrupt, but uh, just like no no interesting ideas of my own. Just no one I see good ones. Gotcha. Yeah. I, well, do you have any advice for, uh, for anyone else that would want to start a, a zine or, uh, you know, a, a distro or a publishing house, like any of those three things? Um, the zine I do, the publishing, I have no idea. Um, I, I think I, you know, I had a, a recent conversation with a buddy of mine. He was, you know, he was, he was giving me some, some very valid critiques about, um, strangers in the publishing side. And, you know, the first year it was like, you know, just get people excited about it. And, you know, it was, it was a small endeavor and publishing went from being like, just taking care of, you know, getting the books out there for people and, and fronting the money for printing costs. And now it's like, all right, like, you know, you're an actual publisher now, like you can, you know, there's, there's a new set of things that, that artists expect from you. Um, so I still have no advice for people because I think it's, for me, I'm still, you know, getting that advice, um, given to me. Um, but in terms of the fanzine, I think there's this weird intimidation factor of like, well, how do I reach out to people? Like their emails are on the back of the books. They're easy to find. Just shoot them an email and say, you want to talk to them. These people are not as intimidating and, you know, they're also fans like you are. And, and a lot of the times with the, especially these older folks, like, they're very familiar with what fanzines were like, they're going to be psyched that you're even doing a fanzine in 2021 and just want to get involved with it. So many times I had the creators be like, can you send me a copy? Like, I'd love to check this out. And like, not just because they're interviewed in it, but because like, this is how most of these, these creators, especially in the copper age grew up and how they all got into comics. They got, they made their friends through fanzines. They made their first art appearances through fanzines. Like it's, it's very simple to start doing just, you know, there needs to be more of them. I wish there was a dozen bubbles and a dozen strangers covering whatever the hell they want to cover. There's so many different amazing artists coming out right now and that have just not been covered to the degree that, you know, I think they should. Podcasts are also kind of the new fanzine, but I wish there was more in print. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else that I haven't asked you about that you, you think I should ask? Um, I've been going through my right, actually right before this, I've been going through kind of my, my top comics of, of 2020, 2021. So I'm like keen to talk about those, but I, I never know how to put together a, a top 10 list. Uh, I don't know. What did you like from this year? Let's. I'm gonna turn it on you for a second. Yeah. Um. So Reptile House. Yeah. They. Yeah. That was my my last uh podcast episode actually, and I. But th- yeah, that's my favorite like current uh thing that's coming out and um like more mainstream uh the Ed Brubaker and and Sean Phillips um reckless stuff is a lot of fun. Um. What I'm trying to think of what else um my phone's on the other side of the room. Cause I've got like all the, <laughs> I've got like all the stuff that I post to my Instagram that I could, oh, I, I could go through. Um, uh, I, uh, I've got this really out- great outstanding deal with uh, Nick from reptile house where like, it's just kind of like unspoken that like whenever a new issue of strangers comes out, I send it to Nick whenever a new re- issue of reptile house comes out, he sends one to me. Um, and it's just very, it's great. I just, you know, when they come out, I know three days later, one's going to show up on my doorstep and the same thing with him. Like one's, you know, a copy of strangers going to end up in his doorstep. I think, uh, what reptile is doing is, is amazing. And like, I don't know, have you gotten the 3d issue yet? Like, yeah. Yeah. How freaking cool is that? Like, come on. It's <laughs> who the hell's doing that kind of thing anymore. Yeah. It was a big surprise too. <laughs> um, yeah. it was, just, yeah, it was not the direction I expected them to, <laughs> to go. Um, no. it was cool. And yeah. But it also made sense. Like it was like, oh yeah, like uh, it totally works. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, though, I didn't read a ton of like new stuff in the last years. Um, I've been Same. doing a lot of. Uh, if you look at the like the Sewer Mutant website, I've got a lot of projects that are more like uh, kind of history, and so uh, a lot of my comics reading uh, has been uh, focused on that. So then I'll you know occasionally be like, oh, I haven't read anything that's been published in the last 25 years. I got to read some stuff that is uh, a little bit more current or um, a little more diverse because, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that I, uh, of the like late eighties, early nineties stuff that I cover, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of dudes. So um, there's definitely a need to, uh... a lot more women, a lot more people of color being published today, I think than back then. So that's another reason to, not keep not keep my head too deep in the archives yeah and i think there's only i i had kind of the same when i started stranger it was it was going to be like it was the idea was to focus entirely on you know archival material and and older creators and i just kind of there are a lot of i find the cop rage in particular really interesting but you're right there's only so far you can get with it before it's like the information is not there or like the guys you really want to cover are just like, you're not finding them. Like I wanted to do a whole thing on, uh, Oh man, who's, who published, uh, who published like Warlock five and, and, uh, who like, what did Barry Blair, what was his publisher called? Uh, Air cell. Yeah. I wanted to do a whole history on air cell comics and I like spent an entire day, like trying to find, like information on the creators of like a bunch of those original aerosol books. And like, they're either like totally dropped out of comics where like, you know, there's no record of these human beings, even like mm-hmm. on Facebook and like anything, or 
they're dead or they're like, you know, or the, in the one case it's, it's, uh, he's like, and now he's done a bunch of big Hulk books. So he, Oh, uh, who did Pitt? He was a air yeah, Dale, uh, Dale McKeon. And, yeah, um, so like and then, yeah. And there's the, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, he did weasel and like a lot of like fantagraphic stuff, like, like real high. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so the, yeah. Uh, McKeon and, uh, and Cooper, like those seem like those would be the guys to, to talk to because they're out there, but they're also like yeah. probably a little bit busier, but uh, I think you've got the profile now. You could probably get them on the line to, to, to try to do that. But um, I mean, there's also dealing with that period of stuff. Like there's so much problematic material and problematic people that that's a, oh, another yeah. thing to, to navigate. Like uh, Barry Blair in particular, uh, someone who I haven't, I haven't reached, I haven't gotten to him in my, uh, the history stuff I'm doing, but it's, uh, it's going to, that's, that one's going to be a challenge. Uh, my man's done enough smut comics to get himself, uh, I mean, he's dead now, but you know, get himself in trouble for quite a while. But I mean, even like, you know, even vigil, like, I, I think that that material while transgressive at the time, like, you know, trying to look at it from a 2021 lens, you're just like, this dude's a piece of shit. Like, like he's just like, I don't know. I, 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 I find the art really compelling. You know, he draws to such a incredible magnitude, but like I read some of that stuff and it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I get it. I get the context of the time and it was shocking and et cetera, but it, yeah. Do you, you know, do you need to, you know, I, yeah, I understand. I, I have a, a weird relationship with that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've been writing about uh, the Brothers Vigil lately, as you, you might yeah. know. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a um, yeah, quandary at times with it, because I part of what I'm doing with that is just trying to interrogate my own interest in it, because I look at it and wonder, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, why do I, <laughs> why do I uh, even like this? Um, uh, am I just a bad person or, uh, or what, but, um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a big part of that, that project. Um, There's enjoyment and shock value. I, 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 I agree with that, but yeah, for after I took it, I think also like vigil as a person now, like just kind of like, well, there's that too. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of using him now and then looking back on kind of the material, like, Oh, were you always like not a great guy? And then it just kind of salted the previous material. Um, I don't want to, you know, disparage the man too much. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, David uh, Quinn, the the writer of Faust and um, Joe Vigil, his brother who did a bunch of other stuff. Those are, they're really great guys. And I, I talked, I've talked to them a bunch uh, for, oh, nice. the, for the project, but um, uh, so Tim hasn't actually uh, ever responded to any of my emails or anything. Um but yeah, his online persona is not uh, is not great, um, and that definitely adds a, another layer to uh, to the ambiguity of uh, of writing about about that stuff for sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I, yeah, I was asking you uh, if there's anything else I should have asked about, and then the, the next question was actually going to be, you know, what uh, a current comic that you think other people that people should get into that. Um, uh, that you don't publish and that you don't um, distribute. So uh, do you have any recommendations? I have, I'm, I'm going to, uh, not distributing is hard, 
Um, cause like, I think almost everything that I would want to, I do end up distributing at some point. So I'm going to use a little bit of a caveat. Um, I do have a good answer though. Hold on. It's right here. This was also one of my favorite comics of the year. Um, this is hell is in your heart by, by Steve Thomas, who's, um, a really wonderful creator. And he kind of just sent this to me blindly as a review and i was just really taking i it's one of the few comics that like i actually sat and read like a couple times um you know on on first reading you're just kind of like oh yeah it's like kind of just some some violent comic about you know a girl slashing up a demon etc um but what i thought was really interesting is that he actually included a little zine with it that explained kind of the creative process and and sort of uh everything he was feeling around the time and, and kind of what the story is about, which like, you know, I getting, getting a comic explained to you sometimes, I don't think some people like, but I think in this case, um, it really enhanced the material. And, and after reading it like a second time, I was just really taken aback by it. Um, I don't publish him. I, I interrogate him every, every three or four months. If I can publish something by him, I think he's just like the most amazing creator. And, uh, He's working on a vampire book right now that I, I cannot wait f- to come out. And, um, you know, hopefully by the end of the time, end of uh, it being finished, he'll decide that he does want me to publish it. And it's not for any reason. He's like, yeah, I would, you know, he wants to do a book with me. I think he kind of he likes having the control on his side. And, and to a certain point with some of these these smaller print runs, it does end up being uh it ends up making more sense to just self-publish and I, you know, I'm not going to fault anybody for that. And I will always support him and, and carry the books in the distro. But, uh, but yeah, Steve Thomas, um, hell's in your heart. I think right now it might be sold out. He might be doing a new printing of it, but just in general, like dude's a fantastic creator and, and just a total, total sweetheart as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking the time to talk sure. to me. I know you're incredibly busy with uh, all these different projects that and uh, keeping stuff in print. So I will let you get back to it. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm uh, I really appreciate it. I'm you know, glad to end the end the year on a uh, a really cool note. <laughs>